internet, so... Uh, and speaking of reading, you can read way more books this year by putting their words into your ears rather than your eyes. Listen to Penguin Random House audiobooks in your car while you play video games or during your mall walk every Wednesday morning. They have top sci-fi and fantasy titles like Harry Potter and Game of Thrones. And you can get Penguin Random House audiobooks in the audiobook app that you already use. Audible, Barnes & Noble, even Penguin.com. Check out their selection at PenguinRandomHouseAudio.com slash TwoGirlsOnePodcast or search for your favorite titles in your preferred app. And speaking of putting words in your ears, here are the hosts of this chatty chatty bang bang, Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One, One podcast. podcast. We interview people behind internet communities, phenomena, internet posts. Um, so who are we? We are performers who for many years have been in a show called Blogologues. We created the show. We basically use the internet as our script on stage. So we take verbatim internet text from Reddit threads, Craigslist posts, Yelp reviews, and perform them as different characters. We explore who could be saying these words. From there, we created a web series called Two Girls, One Show, which you can find on Hoo-Ha-Ha. And on Two Girls, One Show, we interview people behind the posts, and then we go on these scripted adventures. And from there, we created Two Girls, One Podcast with The Daily Dot and Matt Silverman, in which, hello, Matt, um, in which we just interview people behind internet posts. So here we are, and we have a real special show for you today. We do, which we probably say every time, but we mean it. But And today is super duper special. Yeah, it's like OG... Internet. Internet. You got you definitely know this one. Yeah, you know this one. We are interviewing the star. Wait, 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 wait. OG uh, internet uh, like uh, from uh, the nineteen sixties? Yeah, nineteen like, sixties. Um, no, I mean I feel like the latest iteration of the internet. The web. I think the it was two thousand and seven to web be one, where like everything 1. started 0. going viral. Oh. We are speaking to one of the first viral, viral stars. YouTube stars. Yeah, that's right. Which I feel is like an OG for this wave. No, Maybe. no, I, I think agree. so. So we're talking to Tay Zande, who you might know as the star of the Chocolate Rain video. We're gonna play a tiny bit for you just to jog that memory. Chocolate Rain. Some stay dry and others feel the pain. Chocolate Rain. A baby born will die before the sin chocolate rain. The school books say it can't be here again. Chocolate rain. The prisons make you wonder where it went. Chocolate rain. And we're back. That's right. That guy. You remember. You that remember. Guy. So chocolate rain has almost 119 million views. It was published in 2007 and it was an original song. Made by Tay. So we need to get the story behind the song. Some of you might already know, but I certainly don't. Allie, do you know the story behind the song? Well, I know a little bit just from researching Mm -hmm. for today, but not really. And it's better if we hear it from the source. We got to hear from the source. We also want to dig into uh, what it means to go viral today. Um, and now Tay is a podcast. How does that actually feel? How does it feel? Yeah. How does it feel? (laughs) And then... To have your then then you've got such an insane standard for yourself to live up to. You know what I mean? Like that's right. Once and you, you never meant for it to happen. Yeah. yeah. 
But it's like if we made a video that had that many views, then the next video, when it didn't have that many, I'd be like, well, fuck it. You yeah, know? where do you it go from there? Sad. And I think Tay will, you know, hear more from him, but I think he is a performer, so that mm-hmm. is what he is, you know, doing in life. So yeah, just to hear about and what, I'm also curious, where did he go from there? Yeah, yeah, if he was a performer before the video or if that experience because I, I read that he was in like a math and science college mm-hmm. when that when the right. video went viral. What we do know that he's what doing now is that he has his own podcast. Um a it's podcast? called Chocolate Pains and he talks Chocolate a lot about <laughs> yeah. Um That's and really he has a co host, Taylor Nikolai, and they talk a lot about um, what it means to be famous and viral and they talk to athletes and celebrities and you should other always people. listen to this podcast first but that sounds really interesting it does sound good yeah yeah that yeah, sounds yeah. like a good one yeah but we're gonna get the scoop here today the on two girls scoop. one podcast the chocolate scoop, rain scoop, scoop. Scoop, like scoop chocolate ice scoop cream chocolate yeah i love i love a good great. ice cream oh my god chocolate is really my favorite although um just in terms of ice cream but i was gonna say actually in this i do think the original song is talking about racism so i I should, I should, back, I should back out of this. Uh, <laughs> Whatever we're talking the, about these now. These jokey jokes. I should just slowly back away as yeah. a white girl in the room. Cool. Um, You're not the only one. Yep, yep, yep. The other white yep, girl. We're, we're, we're white. <laughs> so upsetting nowadays. Yeah, really. Um, Anyhow, so we're going to talk to them all about that. And uh, it's just, it's interesting too, because it's so different from our experience, because we've been so focused on stage for, unfortunately, slash fortunately, mm-hmm. which is just so finite. You reach the people in the room, and that's that. And then it's over. And what we did never really translated to video. We tried for a while. Yeah, we performed internet material. And then people would be like, you got to put these online. And so we would take our sketches and we put a couple of them on YouTube. And then we realized when you put the internet back on the internet, there's nothing cool there. It doesn't <laughs> resonate as much. I think, too, like in your, when you're in a theater and you're surrounded by other people and you're like, whoa, we all talk this way now? We're yeah. like, this is how we well, are? For, the, for yeah. the listeners who haven't seen the show, like I do think there's some, I still think there's something really kind of crazy about seeing this material performed live that was never even meant to be spoken out loud. It's like someone's inner thoughts and confessions and whatever. So right. the live show, I think, is cool in that way. And for people to experience together this media that they typically experience in solitude. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, yeah, when you then take those sketches and put them back on the internet, then the internet is on the internet, and who cares? No, we made a two girls one show. Oh yeah, yeah we made our web series. We made our web series. We made our web series, and we and we have the show with Facebook Watch, which they all went totally breakers. viral. They went viral. They, they did not go viral. viral. They're fine. They just but they didn't go viral. I'm curious about the etymology of that particular word. Like why? Why is it because a virus? Is it because spreads viruses? so quickly? Yeah. It must be. Yeah, it must be. Certainly. But it just has such yeah, a negative connotation. Yeah, I mean, now Why it's would we so choose positive, that particular word? but it was negative. Um, you, you don't need to answer, Matt. I see you wanting to answer, but it's okay. No, I you, do, you answered your own yes, question. Yes, I did. It's true. I, I do have a question for you, though. All have right. you ever gone viral? Many times. Okay, so do tell. Not to brag. No, but I know you make all these videos, especially with your daughter. And so has anything ever like kind also, of reached the level? Also, what do you level? consider viral? What's your most viewed video? Yeah. I've made a lot of videos, multiple millions. Uh, we did one for the Daily Dot with Alton Brown, which was like six and a half. Oh million. yeah, you've done a lot of celebrity stuff. A lot of yeah, celebrity yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff, and also like I, you know, I've done um, sketches that were just like didn't necessarily have celebrities. Even stuff with you guys that yeah. has done very well. Um, and then you know, I have a channel with my kids, and we do mostly the music videos are the ones that go viral. So it's just like people like like the song and they share mm-hmm. it, and all of a sudden like. You come out the other end and it's like two million people uh, on a video and it's like, whoa, that's what really cool. What is the most shared video with your kids? How many views? Two, two and a half million, which is nothing by today's standards. Wow. I still think that's a lot it's of a people. It's a lot. It's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Is it weird for you that that many people have seen your kids? Um, 
Or you're just like, oh, it's the world That's kind of the point. And also, like, the philosophy of the channel is, like, you know, I obviously love my kids and feel that they're special and talented. And so I like sharing my children with my friends and family, like, publicly, like publicly on Instagram and Facebook. Like, that's a nice thing. And then as we were making that, you know, posting cute photos or little videos, people were like oh, like, this is really cute. I shared it with my friend and my grandma and my friend. And, and so it was kind of like we were making quality content of the kids that other people who were not our direct friends and family were like, Cutting oh, my gosh, it. this is so great. And then I was like, oh, OK. Mm-hmm. So what if we up the production values and make like a music video? Mm-hmm. And it, it was just virality is this interesting store when you ma- you guys know when you make something you love mm-hmm. and you're really excited about it and you think it's the greatest thing ever and you put it out in the world and it's like and the w- Internet's like, meh, and they don't matter. And then you make something that's like, oh, this is fine, whatever. We'll just put it out and it's pretty good. And then it's like, whoa, people really respond to it. And when those two things come together, it's the best fucking feeling in the world, because the thing right. that you're so passionate about has reached hundreds of thousands yeah. or millions of people and people love it. And that's really exciting. But to your point earlier, Ali, it's like it's it is challenging to have a big win. Like We launched the channel and we got a lot of press coverage. So it was very we were very visible. And then in classic like YouTube, Facebook form, you know, and I've worked for publishers who suffer from the same thing. It's like you have a big hit. And the next thing, nobody gives a shit about. Nobody and cares. it's like, wait, what? Who is the what audience? The Where are sauce? they? What was yeah. the secret? And if you, and I know Tay um, probably thinks about this stuff too. If you cha- if you try to chase and make content just in search of the secret sauce, mm-hmm. your content will suck. Right. And you'll you won't be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you know, in my job and in in this channel, we've kind of done a little bit of that. And then I said, no, this sucks. I don't want to do that. I just want to make the videos that I want to make. Some of them have been successful, and some of them are like our core core audience enjoys them, mm-hmm. and then they move on, and that's mm-hmm. okay. I, just you just have to accept. What I'm curious to talk to Tay about is like virality is so fickle and crazy, and there are some internet creators that have been able to build a business and a presence tay is one of them like he's still a youtuber he still performs he's making a podcast he's doing all these things and some go crazy viral and they just don't understand or know slash the internet doesn't care about them after that first spike and so do they give up do they try do they invest their life savings into a thing that was never Mm -hmm. destined to be a thing that's the tragedy of virality is that it's the youtube is littered with really talented people who couldn't make it into a business littered with the bodies something i'm particularly curious about is if you don't intend for that many people to see what you've done because i don't know but I just sort of assume that he he didn't intend for everyone to be an audience to this video. We right. have to see what his intention was. Right. Um, but then you become known for that thing and he will forever be remembered. Like, as that that is, you know, for, be- for, for better Jock or the worse. Rain. Yeah. yeah, that that, you know, is what he's most famous for. Totally, so totally. How, I want to know how he feels about that. I'm also fascinated by Chocolate Rain because I think the Internet was confused by it because they didn't know if it was like uh, a guy being silly or a guy being earnest. And right. so some people were like, this is so awesome. And some people were like, this is so weird. What is this? Right. And and that was part of its virality. And talk about f- figuring out the secret sauce. You're like, you can never, you could never decipher replicate. and yeah. replicate what yeah. that was. It was a magic moment mm-hmm. in time that Tay somehow was able to capitalize and is mm-hmm. still a very prominent internet personality. And that's that's very fascinating to me. And I think you can feel the sincerity behind it, too. Yes. Of whatever he was putting into it was totally just... It was him being him for whatever reason he had totally. <laughs> at that moment. So, yep. yeah. Yep. All 
right? Well, this is exciting. What a world. What a world. What a it's world. It's just crazy. Like, I don't know. At some point, I guess people will have studied years and years and years of data and broken it down or something. But it is, all of this is still relatively new. I mean, I guess YouTube was created, what, 2005? So 13 mm-hmm. years now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's at bar mitzvah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But um, he will. So we'll talk to him about it. Yeah. And he'll let us know. All right. Well, it's time. Let's it's do time. it. I would love to talk with him. Wait. No, trivia. No, we got to take a break first. Oh, we do? Yeah, sponsor messages. Guys, I got ahead of do myself. I got so messages? excited. We got some sponsors. All right. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, but first, it's trivia time. Yes. Today's trivia is about YouTube, the YouTuber Tazan Day, and others of his stripe. I have a very simple question for you about YouTube. What is the most disliked video? on YouTube. Oh man. The most disliked. Okay, okay. We know about the most disliked Reddit AMA. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we do know about that. The most downvoted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who wants it, to remind me though? Is it um, <laughs> Rampart? Uh, Woody, Woody Harrelson. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes. That's yes. right, that's right. Famous. Who was too promotional. Yes. Uh, this is the most disliked video. Um, you know, a small clue that you'll infer from the choices here, like this is a video with with huge reach, lots of views, so it's it's on the chart of like but very- But a lot of thumbs down. A lot of thumbs down. And to clarify, just to be very specific, I'm not looking at the ratio of likes to dislikes. It's not, a, this is not a percentage. Just number This is of... total number of dislikes. What is the most disliked video on YouTube currently as of this recording? A, Baby by Justin Bieber. No, not that. Really? I think that has a high possibility. Okay. B, Friday by Rebecca Black. People love that. They love it. They love to hate it, though. Talk about a moment. Talk about a secret sauce that no, that made no sense, but it, no one could look away. She, she was fame. serious, right? She was trying to be good, and then it was she so She was serious, bad. hired like a serious producer to make this thing, and then pe- she, the people just railed she's still, on it. She's still making things. She's still out, I she's still out there, I think. Something oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Or C, a little bit of a wild card here, the Call of Duty Infinite Warfare reveal trailer. This was a, a fairly controversial video game. Can I'm you give go us any, Wait, can you give us any more information about that? I don't um, want it. I, I wish I could. I don't have it. I don't okay. know much about the game because it's not really my wheelhouse in video games, but I know that it was not a well-received game trailer. Like, this is a, there's a very well-established franchise. Call of Duty is a huge gaming franchise. Mm-hmm. And then that installment was revealed to the public and people were like, what the fuck is this? I sort of remember this happening. Do you, was it, it was within, it was Let me see if I can recently. see a year here. Than the last to 2016. So I feel like when yeah, the gaming I, community hates something, they hate yeah. it. Yeah, well, it's like a huge no man's community. Sky, that yeah. whole debacle. All right, let's go with C. I'm I'm on board. I mean, you, you, I know you, we can choose something different, but, but no, I want to be united. All right, we're gonna be together. See again, okay, sticking with the same answer. You know, because then if we fail, we fail together. That's right. Fair enough. We can cry into each other's arms. My shoulders here, her shoulders there. It's gonna be great. All right, good. We will find out the correct answer after the break. This week's episode is supported by Penguin Random House Audio, which publishes all of your favorite audiobooks, including mine, which, as we all know, is Harry Potter. I've never read another book. What's wonderful about audiobooks is that you can listen to them while you're doing all the other things that you don't want to do, like driving, driving, also driving, crafting with cat hair, crafting cat hair, uh, family dinners, mm-hmm. babysitting. Um, uh, crocheting a scarf for your brother. Being in class. Uh, yeah. Um, watering the plants. 
Basically, you could get through life just listening to audiobooks and being entertained. Now, we know you know how to listen because you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Penguin Random House Audio. You can find your books, any titles that you want, including Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, uh, things by Hank Green, Deborah Harkness, Richard K. Morgan, anything you want at any place you find your favorite audiobooks. And that would include Amazon, Audible, Barnes & Noble, Penguin.com. Go and you shall find your favorite titles there. Jen, did you know that their audiobooks have won 13 Grammy Awards? I didn't know there was a Grammy what? Award for that. I'm so confused. I'm going to have to Google that later. I know. You're probably Googling right now, let's be honest, but yes. <laughs> no, I hadn't. I hadn't, but I will soon. They put out about a thousand titles every year, so you could definitely find you know, many, many of the books that you love to read and now listen to. So go check it out. And now a real personal advertisement entitled Beat It with a Real J.O. I'm a serious bro looking for an equally slash more serious bro with fancy footwork. The idea is to tie our wrists together a la the Beat It video and then J-O slash knife fight in a profound spiritual act of consensual hetero awesomeness. I would have done this way sooner, but of little faith in humanity. Requirements. Access to an abandoned warehouse. Old enough slash built kinda awesome, maintains good eye contact, general intensity, cool moves, shades, leather jackets. I had to give the one in the pick back. Long story, I can tell you when we finish. Bedazzler, basic knowledge of knife slash sword slash bat fight etiquette. I can teach you what I know if you're pretty serious about art like me. Can lift 80 pounds, bachelors in something or equivalent experience, not a narc. Whereas dudes slash Jang O are both undeniably awesome, I'm a straight bro, as in not gay. I just really love Michael Jackson and being open-minded about new jerk-off experiences. We will basically play beat it over and over again while we J-O and dance, occasionally parrying slash thrusting. Winner finishes the most times, but points will be awarded for finishing first slash accuracy. You're the hetero bro I'm looking for. Then we can jail furiously slash competitively and then just hang whatever. I've got laser tag too. I'm pretty serious about this. As in completely serious. If you touch my junk with anything but your own, I will BF you in the M. Nerds, gays need not apply. I'm not gay. P.S. I've gotten with hot chicks as recently. It's, it's just now. They told him, don't you ever come around here. Don't want to see your face. You better disappear. The fire's in their eyes. The words are really clear. Just beat it. Just beat it. I just love on Craigslist the number of posts about jerking off. There's just so many different variations of like, we've seen so many. I know. No, it's so true. And so many. The I'm not gay thing. And they, know, always, yeah. they always are really adamant about not being gay. But it's like, I guys, everybody like, jerks off. Like, don't, it doesn't mean, like, nothing, that doesn't equate to anything. I don't know. Anyway. Well, because he's looking for another dude to jerk oh, off. That's true. That's true. He I also love how he was like, don't touch my dick with anything other than your dick. It's <laughs> like, wait, what? what? I think it's a perfectly reasonable. Ask. The, the issue is access to an abandoned warehouse. That's the deal breaker for me. Listen, I know I don't have that. Michael, oh, otherwise you're in here. Yeah, it sounds reasonable. <laughs> All right. I like wow. Michael Jackson. No, I mean, that song is obviously about that. <laughs> clearly. So, clearly. <laughs> Whatever. I always wondered why everyone was so down with that chorus. 
Anyway. Anyway, would you like to hear the trivia answer? Yes, let's please. Hear it. Let's it hear it. Let's do it. Today we're talking with Tezan Day, YouTube viral star. Today's question is about YouTube. Fairly straightforward. Okay. What is the most disliked video on YouTube as of this recording? We are we are here in 2018, as far as I can tell. Your choices were A, Baby by Justin Bieber, B, Friday by Rebecca Black, or C, the trailer, the reveal trailer for Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. You guys, what did you pick? We guessed the trailer. Call of Duty. Oh, you guys went with Call of Duty, the the video game, a a somewhat controversial game. Uh, The gaming community is known to be vicious at times. Mm -hmm. You're even saying that in opposition to Rebecca Black, a video that like the entire internet was like this kind of sucks. What is this? Yeah. Sticking with C. Sticking with C. Okay. We're together on this one. We are. The correct answer is A, Baby by Justin Bieber. Wow. Because, yeah, what should have been a giveaway, actually, was when you said this is not the ratio. Correct. Right, right. Correct. Yeah, because okay. it's got a lot of likes, too. All, obviously. How many dislikes? So here is the thing. Baby's the most disliked video with 9.4 million dislikes. Wow, wow. My God. Hey, did y'all hear that Bieber got married? Is that so? Surprise yeah. wedding? Hey, I saw muscle. it on the cover of People the other day or something. Like, surprise wedding. Who to marry? Anybody to know? whom do we know? I don't know. I, don't know. I know, mm. but I don't even want to get into it. Who? Oh. Who? No, who? why would I even? Come on, I just shouldn't really quickly, know just really this quickly, information. Go. Haley Baldwin. Oh, who's that again? Uh, See, is I that figured a you wouldn't figure? know. Yeah, she is. I don't know. Who she's is she? somebody's daughter. She's like a. Is it Alec Baldwin's daughter? Maybe, no. maybe. I don't think. I don't, I don't know. know. We're sounding like such old We're ladies old right ladies. now. Can you oh, like, who are the kids listening to? She's what are they like doing? A very, she's an influencer. I'm, I I, she's might be an actress. Right. I'm not entirely sure, but if you guys know, tweet at us. Right. I'm just kidding. How long do you guys think I the think marriage will last? How long do you think the marriage will last? Over under, over under. I don't. I'm not going to do this. I'm not playing this game. I'm going to say three and a half years. A lifetime. Yeah, I'm going to say forever. I'm going to say forever. I think it's true love and it's real. It's adorable. So Baby is among the most viewed videos on YouTube. I don't don't have those stats with me, but 9.48 million dislikes. But percentage-wise, just about half. So 49% dislikes versus likes. So split really down the middle. So Justin Bieber is like representative of our entire country. Sure. Well-loved, well-hated. Just so split. Repubs and Dems just fighting over Baby. Yeah. Yeah. Friday by Rebecca Black. Ooh, okay, bring so us together. so here's here's what's interesting. Far less dislikes, three point three million. But the ratio's but lower. ratio seventy eight percent dislikes. Okay. On Friday. Okay. Uh, and Call of Duty, oh, actually higher. So, um, Call of Duty is the third most disliked video, three point seven five million dislikes. But the ratio is 86% dislike. Oh, so I was correct in we terms of... Correct. Yeah, correct. We were correct. Yeah, we were correct in terms of ratio. Of the you, total you just audience. told us, don't do that. Yes. <laughs> well, but your thinking was correct. So, yeah, I found that interesting. I'm thinking around people hating it. Yeah. Right. Well done, Biebs. Well, moving on from hate, let's talk about love. Tay's on Daisy on the line? Yeah. Welcome, Tay. Hey, hey, hey. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Good. You know, That's I, a good I, answer. I spend most of my time in LA, but uh, I'm up in Seattle now visiting family. So always fun to do this type of thing. Oh, that's so lovely. Now, we need to start with, of course, the topic that you may be very, very sick of talking about. But can you tell us about the creation of the first infamous video? 
Oh my, infamous, wow. I infamous, <laughs> I know, we, we just went that, that there. So, that sounds sinister. I know. It's well, like, we oh are my, curious. How, how did you uh, create that chocolate rain? Yeah. Thing. <laughs> well, you know, what was it? We, we don't know, like, what was your original intention Intent. when yeah. you were making well, it? Well, no, I mean, and, and as comedians, you'll kind of relate to this, because when it came out, I wrote it as a serious ballad. Uh, you know, probably with the subtext of of it being about about institutional racism, but obviously when it went viral, it went viral for a number of reasons. First and foremost was a circus aspect. It's like, oh, this guy looks extremely young. Uh, he has a deep voice. He moves away from the mic to breathe in. Parents would tell me, hey, my two year old can't stop repeating this at bedtime. So. Uh, that's, what I always, that's weird. Yeah. What, what I always, You're in so many children's dreams. <laughs> you know, what I always say is that uh, the difference between the internet when YouTube started and, you know, back in 2007 and the internet now is that back then the internet was a novelty economy where successful content on the internet was all about novelty. It was, you know, Chris Crocker and Leave Britney Alone and, and you know, Soldier Boy Tellum and, and, you know, all of these... Uh, unusual elements that became popular for their novelty. And around 2012, the internet and what got popular on the internet switched to what I call a loyalty economy, where it wasn't just about having the most novel thing. Uh, but yeah, Chocolate Rain was there in that viral video era, which I would kind of say started with about in about 2006 with Diet Coke and Mentos and mm -hmm. probably ended around Gun Gum style around you know, 2011, mm -hmm. 2012. Uh, and uh, after that, you started to have gamers and vloggers and people who were uploading regular content, long form content, becoming more popular on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> but uh, how did Chocolate Rain happen? You know, I always joke that uh, I wish I had a an exciting story. Like, you know, I was running through the forest and wolves were nipping at my heels and I came to a clearing and a light shone from the sky and said, sing Chocolate Rain on YouTube. <laughs> and, um, you know, obviously nothing happens like that in, in life and in practice. No, it's definitely I, not how I that happens. I, truth, truth be told, uh, hand to God, I finished Chocolate Rain as an afterthought. It was an experiment. I was uploading. I saw YouTube as an experimental platform. I was in graduate school at the University of Minnesota. Uh, third year of my PhD program in American studies, which is as broad and vague and nebulous as it sounds. Uh, mm -hmm. American studies is kind of a mix of history. And I, I was basically studying in my uh, studies, the history of performance and social change. Uh, mm -hmm. But I really did not like graduate school. I wasn't a great grad student. I wasn't passionate about teaching, was not passionate about research. So uh, living in Minneapolis, I started taking my music a little bit more seriously. I went to open mics around the Minneapolis area, uh, sometimes dragging my 30 pound keyboard, 40 pound amp, uh, a bunch of equipment to go sing at a mom and pop cafe where there were six people attending three of whom were reading the newspaper uh and i got tired of doing that in the very cold winters <laughs> that uh, minneapolis is known for and uh you know you also never really get honest feedback when you perform at an open mic like that in uh in the midwest it's not like new york the thing i love about the east coast new york boston is that our people are honest if they don't like <laughs> you they'll just come right out and be like uh yeah, yeah uh, that's that's not my thing in minneapolis it's kind of like yeah, you know, you should uh, keep keep doing that. 
there's kind of that norwegian non-confrontational like you know we may need to huddle together in the winter anyway so let's not offend anyone too badly is that the import though that's the reason yeah yeah that's very deep in the cultural mores of of the midwest so uh, you know you may you may need someone to jump your car or pull you out of a ditch so you don't uh uh, survival instinct don't fuck with them yeah yeah, so uh, in any case, YouTube came along 2006, and I'm like, gosh darn it, I see people singing on this YouTube thing, and <laughs> if I just filmed myself in my living room, uh, I bet it would be a lot easier, and I would reach a bigger audience. So I devised a plan. Uh, I got a little bit of equipment. January 2007, I invented the name Tay Zonde. It's not my real name. Uh, my government name, I was born as Adam Bonner. I created Tazon Day as this alter ego because at the time I figured, hey, I'm still going to be known for publishing academic papers and finishing my PhD and maybe becoming a university professor as Adam Bonner. Uh, mm-hmm. And I wanted Tazon Day to be this experiment, this, you know, uh, it, it was sort of a Donald Glover Childish Gambino type thing originally. Sure. Where I was like, okay, this will be whatever happens artistically with what I'm doing on YouTube. Uh, but there was some thought into creating that brand. Uh, I put Tazon Day in quotes on Google. It got zero results. So uh, mm. I knew it would be mine. I deliberately made it so if someone heard it in conversation, it would not have ambiguous spelling. So if it was said on a bus, we'd be like, oh, that's T-A-Y-Z-O-N-D-A-Y. Uh, what I did not, not anticipate is that sometimes people hear it and they think it's Tazon day instead of Tazon day <laughs> but uh i got mo- a lot of the branding aspects uh right and yeah as soon as i took it and it, it got zero results on google i i took it you know tazonday.com.net youtube.com forward slash tazonday everywhere i could take that name so in in 2006 you were already or 2006 2007 you were already thinking about the persona that you wanted to present online with these the very first videos that you were putting up i was thinking of on the off chance that this blows up or this ever goes anywhere, I want to have dotted my I's and crossed my T's. And wow. Well done, sir. And that that really <laughs> turned out to be a thing you needed. Yeah, in terms of branding, I wanted to kind of uh, at least have that contingency that, hey, okay, maybe, maybe this will not go anywhere. But if it does, I want to put a little bit of thought into this mm-hmm. uh, in case it ever did happen to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you published this video, and what what happened next? Like, what was the first moment that you were like, "What well, is okay, going well, on?" First of all, <laughs> chocolate chocolate rain was not the first video that I put up on YouTube. Okay, uh, the first video I uploaded was actually me singing "Swing Low, Sweet Chariot" mm-hmm. back, uh, uh, you know, kind of like Paul Robeson. So in the super deep bass profundo voice, "Swing Low, Sweet Chariot." It's and, my jam. Uh, I, I love that one. And I got very honest uh, YouTube-like feedback. You know, my ears are bleeding. You sound like a didgeridoo. You oh have no future. God. This is terrible. Did you get positive uh, feedback have, too? Have, have you have you ever considered Australian throat singing? They no. like you. Wait, wait. That uh, throat singing is super cool. I just have to. Oh, say. actually, it's, it is. Yeah, it's I, fucking I wish, awesome. I wish I could do yeah, that. if I could do that, uh, I would do that. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so, YouTube commenters, man. They're hey, but hard. you know what? 
I that's kind of what I was asking for because again, that's the exact type of feedback I would get if I was performing in New York that I couldn't get performing in Minneapolis. We're not that just... bad over here. People <laughs> yes, are that, like, that, oh I'm, I'm calling you all out. You're very honest people. What are you, I a didgeridoo? You're not getting that here. What the hell are you We shout that at people out on taxi windows or whatever. Didgeridoo? Well, Jen went to the Apollo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, they boo people there yeah <laughs> so mean all right so you got some honest feedback but you actually kind of liked it <laughs> uh, well, well you know it, i changed what i did and i decided to start singing an octave higher which is oh. in the baritone range which wow. is actually where chocolate rain and some of my more successful content ended up being huh. mostly in the baritone range because i would generally rap. say don't listen to anonymous internet commenters that's true yeah, uh, but it, in, okay. in, in that case, I kind of sensed that if there was a mainstream potential, it wouldn't be in that super, super deep singing. Although I've had a couple of videos like Call Me Maybe where I kind of did it as a joke that became popular. Or, oh, wait, uh, I need to look that one up. That sounds funny. <laughs> it's a good one. These commenters tore you into an asshole, and then <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so you decided uh, well, to modify, okay, so, and then... Yeah. And, and, and so I had another video... Uh, I, I got a little bit of attention on YouTube, you know, you know, dozens of comments, maybe not a huge amount, but I was building an audience on YouTube. Uh, this was back when, uh, you know, YouTube was very young. Ryan Leslie was the most subscribed musician on YouTube and he had like 17,000 subscribers. So that's how small YouTube was mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, back. Man, in, in that was early... the time to get in on it. Yeah. Back, back in, in early day. 2007. Uh, and uh <laughs> I had another collaboration song that I did with a guy in Australia uh, called Love that I sang over his track. And YouTube decided to feature that on the front page. Oh, cool. Uh, the, music, the music editor of YouTube uh, at the time, uh, Michelle Flannery, she emailed me and said, hey, would you like to feature this on or we'd like to feature this on the front page? And that was like winning the lottery. Then that was how you got big on YouTube is when the front page was manually curated by editors and they decided to put you there that was the life-changing moment i was like oh my gosh it's great and so as soon as i heard that i'm like you know what i need to double dip i need to have a second song finished on my youtube channel so when i get all this attention from the front page when people are clicking on my channel they see this other song so So you thought the front page thing was the thing (laughs) yeah so chocolate rain uh, and this was, they, they told me like Friday and they, they, it was going to be do it done Monday, this the feature on the front page. So Chocolate Rain, I had been writing the lyrics for about six weeks. I had the riff in my head for a number of years. Didn't know a lot about producing music with a beat, but I kind of hodgepodged it together. I rushed it together over that weekend. I, I got to finish it. This, this experimental song that I'm doing. So I have the second song. Uh, that's up on my uh, auto in my player on my YouTube page while my other song is featured. And uh, it got a little bit of attention. It got maybe about 30,000 views, which wasn't mega viral, but you know, some of the views leaked over, so to speak. Uh, but then it sat around and it wasn't until this was April, 2007, April, I think it was Earth Day 2007 that I uploaded <laughs> it. Uh, and uh it wasn't until June 2007, someone saw it on dig.com, which for those of you youngins is kind of like mm, what Reddit dig. is today. It's a social bookmarking site that was big back then. Uh, it was at the top of dig. Someone posted it uh, on 4chan after they saw it on dig. 
uh, 4chan is an image board, kind of started, I believe, as an anime image board and then became uh, this seedy place of ill repute uh, that it was involved in a lot of different types of news. But uh, it had a lot of different characters hanging out on 4chan, uh, sort of like the speakeasy of, of the Internet virality. They contributed to Gary Bolsma and some other things going viral. Gary Bolsma was the Numa Numa guy. Uh, it became a joke at 4chan. Uh, the first sense I got that the video was something unusual was happening to it was when 4chan prank called Tom Green, who was doing his late night show, I believe out of his living room at the time, but, you know, still streaming it live. And and uh, he took callers and uh, they conspired to to flood his calls so that when uh, he picked up, the caller busted out singing, chocolate rain, da, 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 da. <laughs> and then Tom Green yes and them, as we say in improv. He's like, oh, yeah, okay, chocolate rain, blah, 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 and then hung up on the caller because he thought, like, he realized he'd been punked or pranked. And <laughs> I saw a clip of this, and I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, this known person, uh, at least, I mean, I never watched Freddie Got Fingered or whatever, but I know he's a little <laughs> bit famous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sang my song. And uh, that was kind of a little bit of a, a cool moment. And then right after that, it started to blow up as a national news story where Carson Daly featured it on his show on NBC, which was in a standard late night format at the time. Uh, I did my first satellite interview on CNN Saturday morning, which is absolutely terrible. Unfortunately, it's still on YouTube. But, uh, oh, I had, man. I, there was this found footage aspect of chocolate rain blowing up where I was truly a nerd making music as a hobby in my living room, plucked into the spotlight like a deer in headlights. Just no idea what to do with all of this fame. I remember my uh, first CNN interview, I said, you know, about 47 times. Mm -hmm. I was like, uh, you know, yeah, you know, I did. Yeah, I knew I did that. And, you know, you know I did that. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, it just took the, uh, the entire manual for Toastmasters and public speaking and, uh, and lit it on fire. Yeah. That has to be so overwhelming though. Like it's interesting that you prepared with the branding and the Tays on day, but it's like, you couldn't have imagined how much it was going to blow up. Oh no, it was insane. I mean, it was just from nothing to, just boom, trending worldwide. Uh, I mean, the first radio interview I ever did on my li in my life was Opie and Anthony. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and I and you you know you, you they play what's coming before you in the radio interview. And so uh, I followed up a conversation about what percentage of the ocean is made up of whale semen. Uh, and Great. so Wait, you know, and I, what I percentage this, is like, that no i mean and, and so literally they're going back and forth and be like well you know this study says that about uh 20 of the ocean might be made up of whale junk and oh. next we have this guy who's blown up on youtube and he's gonna and we have the guy he's right here <laughs> and i'm like okay uh that made my day knowing that it's my it's 20 percent. i hear yeah, it's good for that. your hair actually <laughs> oh yeah i gotta yeah, go you know, swimming like, <laughs> uh, but uh, in, in any case, um, yeah, and in that moment of being hot, and and that's what it was. It was a moment of heat. There were no breadcrumbs to follow. I couldn't look and see, hey, what did Rebecca Black do? What did Antoine Dodson do? What did Chewbacca Mom do? What did <laughs> Dan Daniel do? None of these things had really happened. So in a sort of way, I was patient zero of mm -hmm. this idea of, I uploaded something to the internet and suddenly I'm on the front page of Sunday's LA times. Uh, I did Jimmy Kimmel the next month. Uh, 
opened up for First Avenue right, at First Avenue for Girl Talk at First Avenue in Minneapolis that October. Uh, you know, lots of just zero to very prominent gigs uh, happening. And I was not in any way ready for that level of public life. I knew that my learning who I was as a musician, who I would become as an entertainer, and uh, just who I was as a person, I could not fast forward that <laughs> to mm -hmm. match the pace of, of taking advantage of the heat of the moment I was in. That right. I just have to do the best that I could, and uh, I would have to undertake a longer journey of self-discovery and self-actualization that was not going to be in that very compressed timeline of, gosh, I'm hot. Three of the four major labels wanted to sign me at the time. Uh, mm -hmm. Everyone was contacting me to, to they want to do a book deal, uh, sing at their kids' bar mitzvahs, sing at their corporate <laughs> parties, uh, all of this stuff. Uh, my brother started uh, helping manage me at the, in the period, uh, just to kind of deal with it. But even in that case, it was just it just hadn't been done. Yeah, yeah. So how did you cope with that? I, I think part of the challenge is that I did not understand the appeal of the song for a very long time. I didn't understand what I was doing in Chocolate Rain as a distinct character and as something that was lovely and beautiful and made people happy because I was just being me in that video. Like that is that video was straight. <laughs> uh, I was not self-aware enough to do that as a character. Um, and when it was blowing up, there was this, I mean, people were laughing at it and I wasn't offended by that. I just didn't, you know, I hadn't, you know, like now I've taken, you know, improv comedy classes and I went through the program at iOS here in, in uh, Los Angeles and I've worked with a vocal coach for many years and, you know, I've studied entertainment more now. So now I can look back in that moment and say, you know what I should have done is I should have embraced Chocolate Rain as sort of a character like Miranda Sings did and mm. to say hey okay this is my happy jolly character where i i sing loud and i move away from the mic to breathe in and uh i uh i think i'm a fantastic singer and i just go and i make people happy by uh me being happy myself and that would have been the smart business thing to do instead uh i kind of fell into this existential confusion and uncertainty uh about what direction my brand would head in uh, I didn't know how to separate the character of Tazon Day as a project and as a business project being separate from the desires of Adam Bonner, of myself. And I think a mistake that I made was I imposed what Adam Bonner wanted to become on the brand and the success of Tazon Day. Because Adam Bonner wanted to be taken seriously as a singer. Adam Bonner wanted to uh, be able to perform like Robbie Williams or uh, Michael Buble or Josh Groban and prove to the world that, hey, I'm a competent singer and I can sing well. And uh, I, I have uploaded uh, more serious songs to my YouTube channel and, and did uh, in, in the period following Chocolate Rain. And uh, that was always kind of interspersed with the comedy. And I think it took my brand in too many different directions. Uh, ultimately, I don't think people care that I can do a fantastic job singing My Heart Will Go On. Uh, <laughs> like, but I great. can. For the <laughs> great. But the original core of my brand was really something unusual and special and, and specific to being nerdy and awkward and just totally self-unaware and embracing it and going out there and doing that. And 
even to this day, um, I feel like I struggle with my brand being in a lot of different places and and Tazon Day meaning a lot of different things on different platforms. You know, this whole thing on the internet of being confessional and real and just putting your entire self out there, uh, because I feel like there was sort of this era of confessional media that began 2012, 2013, this sense of, oh, I'm just going to vlog everything and put my whole self out there, uh, upload and forget is what some YouTubers say. Uh, you know, Grace Helbig very much did this uh, with Daily Grace, so however she was feeling, that's going to be out there and and not worry about the uh, minute aspects of being a brand. I, that never worked for me. I, I, it, when I do that, I have too, way too many different things out there. And I think I'm, it, what it is, is I'm already unusual enough. Uh, this is what I also found doing improv comedy. I really cannot play the absurd in improv comedy because I am already specific and absurd enough. <laughs> I have to be the straight man. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like Big Bird trying to be absurd. It's like, well, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're, I'm sorry. You're a nine foot tall bird. You're already, <laughs> you're, you're already pretty unusual. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that whole experience must have been so exciting and overwhelming. And then, I mean, you've sort of already gone there, but then like, what was it like producing content and having it not be as insane? Ooh, um, you know, cause I think human nature is we're like always striving for the highest peak. And I think it must be really hard to go like so incredibly viral. And then it's like, well, what's next? Well, or what's the follow-up? What's the, yeah. follow yeah. the, the, the mm -hmm. second chocolate rain? I mean, mm -hmm. and, and to some extent, um, I mean, a, a lot of people, I, I think that's a common phenomenon though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In, in a lot of careers. I mean, whether, even if you're like Michael Jackson never really released another thriller, um, mm -hmm. I can see all the hate counting. Like, T's on day compared to himself to Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> it was so outrageous, T. I can't believe. I'm like, no, I was just. <laughs> we get it. We uh, get but, you. But, yeah. but, but, but at the same time, like, I'm not sure Will Smith uh, has ever really had a song that was quite as iconic as the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Right, um, right. You know, and, and even he has said that, that, you know, being successful in pretty much every entertainment genre there is something about television and something about that theme song that, you know, he'll walk into a room in Dubai or some other place where the people aren't necessarily all even speaking English and they'll know the lyrics to, you know, yeah, oh, this is the story of about how. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Whoopi Goldberg said that you never blow up like you do the first time. Like yeah. you never, you never get a second time or a third time. You can have a second coming or a third coming but it's never quite like the first time. Uh, I think what I struggle with now is that I blew up to a wide enough level of recognizability that when I pursue voice work, when I pursue on camera acting, when I pursue other things, people kind of know who I am and what I've done, at least to some extent. Uh, but I'm also not so famous and so successful on social media that I'll book work simply based off my numbers or my level of public attention or clout. So mm -hmm. it's this odd kind of being friend zoned by the entertainment <laughs> industry where it's like, I, where it's like I blew up to a certain extent, but not to the extent where it guarantees me work and almost to the extent where for some projects it's a liability because mm -hmm. obviously as an, as an actor, 
you're embodying something else, someone who is not you. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you already have a lot of very distinct content out there, then th that can be a downside, mm -hmm. can be a double-edged sword. So Tay, what projects are you pursuing these days? Uh, we know singing is still you know, in the works. It sounds like you're doing a lot of improv, acting. Um, we also know that you have a podcast. So can you just talk about some things that you're working on? I have started a podcast. It is <laughs> yeah. called Chocolate Pains. Uh, <laughs> I and love that title. The, yeah. Basically, the premise is who has experienced a chocolate rain? Uh, who has had a viral video, brand, or business idea? Uh, and, you know, myself, my co-host Taylor, happen to know a lot of people uh, in Los Angeles and beyond who have had that experience. And how did they do it? Uh, so we do long form deep dive conversations. Uh, it's in the business section. So uh, we, we, we have fun conversations, but with an overall focus on, on praxis and best practices and, and trying to glean knowledge from people who have experienced viral success. And are you serving as a mentor in any way for people who are going viral these days? Do people contact you since you were uh, at you were patient zero? Did you call yourself of this whole phenomenon? Uh, gosh, no, not not as uh, much as I, I would hope. Can I start a business? Can I do that? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> I mean, I think Can you I, could. Yeah, is, is someone interested in uh, consulting? Hey, I'll, we'll direct I'll them consult. your way. I, I will consult and advise. I'll put that yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you have any advice just now off the top of your head that you would offer for somebody who goes viral these days, who maybe is uncertain? I, I, I yeah. guess it would depend on the specific circumstances. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there are some people who go viral in a very discreet way where, you know, maybe they have one video and and uh, maybe they're not even going viral on their platform. Maybe it was acquired by Duke and Media or, or one of these uh, viral hog or one of these other companies. Uh, and it's a very viral clip in that way. But uh, for some people, it's really a struggle. They haven't done the groundwork of creating a personal brand. So uh, they're kind of in, in the uh, circumstance of how do I create that? <laughs> but yeah, I, it, that was so anticlimactic. No, I felt, no, that's great. I felt, like I, should, I felt like I should be Charlton Heston parting the Red Sea and say something really prophetic. These are about. high standards for yourself. You talk about part of the Red Sea, wolves chasing you, and then <laughs> God I, appears. Hey, I'm, I'm a... I'm a is... thespian. I, I love, uh, well, that's the thing. Like, that's always been the conflict is like, dramatically, I have to dial it back so much, but I love being the big and being the absurd. Yeah. Uh, which I guess I really only kind of got to do in my own brand. I did it accidentally. I didn't even know I was doing it. That's the thing. I can't do deliberate comedy. I can do uh, accidental yeah. I can do accidental comedy. I was going to say, I, don't dial it back. I think, you know, yeah. that, <laughs> we don't want you to dial it back. I have another question <laughs> along the lines of Patient Zero. You had mentioned, you know, all these other, uh, Chewbacca mom, you know, all these other phenomenon and, and how they hadn't, uh, how they hadn't happened yet. But have you since connected with, I mean, I guess it's what you're about to do with the podcast, but have you connected with some of those other early viral stars to talk about your experiences in any way? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and occasionally uh, we've worked together. Is there like a little club? Y'all yeah. uh, <laughs> hang there, out? Is there a support, a support group? A burger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a great show. I would that's produce I that show. That's what I was literally just thinking. Ah, that, that's what I should have done for the Tay, podcast. I'll, I'll call you later. <laughs> just because no, the uh, circle would be so great. Like, so, um, you know, I, I took my son to the dentist. And... <laughs> no, I mean, occasionally I, I've worked with some of the people like uh, uh, Chris Crocker and I have been on the same set and the same project a time or two. Uh, Gary Brolsma, the Numa Numa guy. And then, you know, there are early YouTube stars who are still successful, like Ryan Higa, 
uh, Ian and Anthony from Smosh. It's more of the cohort of early YouTube people kind of all still know each other and stay in contact. So whether that's Rhett and Link, the Fine Brothers, uh, we all kind of came into massive success in the same period of time, 2007, 2008. You still stay in touch, hopefully, with some of the people in your graduating class. Uh, the time that you graduated into the entertainment industry. Uh, I always joke that my acting career and a lot of my entertainment career is on the friends and family plan. Meaning, <laughs> as my friends have become more successful, oftentimes they'll put me in their stuff. I, I had a question also about Chocolate Rain because it was about racism. So it was actually like a serious topic. And what was it like seeing that taken in so many different directions? And or were there really um, positive effects in in make you know did you, what kind of responses did you get to the fact that it was actually about racism uh well here's the thing when chocolate rain first came out i did not want to own its politics or that it had a social justice undertone uh, -huh. uh it was being covered in so many ways so much of the original aspect was thousands of people re-sang the song it just happened to be a perfect storm where I, I I hated YouTube's audio quality. So I'm like, I'm going to make a downloadable MP3. Oh, people might not see it. I'm going to put the words right there at the start. Oh, I'm going to release it under a Creative Commons license so everyone can download it and say you, you, you can reappropriate it. And people did. They reinterpreted the song and, and had all sorts of different covers. You know, uh, there's this girl uh, who uh, got up and she's like, menstrual pain or whatever <laughs> version, uh, their version of Chocolate Rain Beer. And that was such a huge aspect of it going viral. I did not, as the song's author and creator, want to go and, and say, hey, you know what? It's actually about this and uh, these other meetings are not as valid. So I really, for many years, tried to stay out of that discussion. I would always kind of be evasive. I'd be like, you know, hey, you know, the question is more important than the answer. I, or, hmm. you know, I sit, I sing about what I can't say about. Uh, I'd be very evasive in interviews. And uh, it's interesting now, you know, is, is, you know, the past, you know, years have been fairly tumultuous in terms of uh, social politics, and whatnot. People are listening to the song, and be like, wow, this is still extremely relevant. Or people who were, you know, six, seven years old when the song came out, now they're listening to it being, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old. They're saying, Oh, I had no idea. Uh, you know, I, I thought this song was about Dookie or whatever when I was six, seven years <laughs> right. old. And now I'm listening to it like, whoa, this is super real. Uh, I never wanted to be polemic about it because I feel like polemics are not going to connect with anybody who would disagree with the point of view that, that that's being expressed. Mm -hmm. I think uh, the highest point is... If someone who might not agree with uh, the critique of institutional racism that's in Chocolate Rain is still singing the song and, and asking, hey, what does Chocolate Rain mean? This is kind of a catchy song. I'm singing this. Uh, I have no idea about it, but I like it. Uh, then at least you have brought someone who is not uh, at a point of questioning to asking a question you've moved them from a life of declarative to a life of interrogative. And I think that's intellectual progress. I think that's social progress. And I think perhaps uh, we live in a society where we have an epidemic of declaratives and a poverty of interrogatives. We don't have enough questioning. We don't have enough willing to allow, willingness to allow something to be liminal and in a state of curiosity. And if people 
can just leave it in a state of curiosity. And I think that's progress. And I think that's probably about as much progress as can be made versus choosing to be super polemic and saying, well, it has to mean this. And obviously you should hear this and this and this. Tay, we have a question from a listener in our Discord server. This is from Almost Surely, who asks, uh, or who says that they are a fan of your song "Say No to Nightmares," but they but they note that it was removed or taken off of YouTube or another platform. Okay, and- so okay, so here is what happened. Thank you. Uh, with a lot of my old YouTube videos, first of all, that song, I believe, if you go to the bottom of my main YouTube channel, there is a playlist. Uh, that has a lot of my unlisted YouTube videos. It's still there. It's not listed on the site. But if you go to that playlist that's at the bottom of my YouTube page, uh, you can see a link to a lot of those older songs that have been uh, delisted. What has happened over the course of YouTube's history is, you know, around 2008, 2009, they they debuted this feature uh, where you could delist a video, uh, meaning the video would still be up, and people with the URL can still access it, but it would not be uh, in YouTube search. Uh, and initially, when they uh, rolled out that feature, it was everything where basically you could turn a YouTube video on or off at any time, is how the feature originally worked. Uh, and uh, so whenever you wanted to delist it or private it or unprivate it, it was all the same. Uh, it would be there on the same date and people could find it again if you turned it back on later. At some point, the YouTube engineers decided to make a change. Uh, in order to save hard drive space on YouTube, they transcoded all of their old unlisted and privated videos to 240p, which is a very low video quality. And so uh, a lot of those older videos, because they weren't live on the site, are now of much lower quality. Uh, additionally, uh, they made it so that if you make those videos live again, they now republish with the current date. Uh, so many of those old videos, if I were to make them live again on the site, they would be republished with a date that is, you know, in, in the current year and not back when uh, they were originally created. And and I think that would create some confusion. So it, it kind of ended up being a rock and a hard place where I would love to make a lot of those older videos public, but the design of the site <laughs> uh, wasn't really designed to to accommodate that. Wow, that was a long, nerdy, technical explanation. I bet that's going to be edited out. <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed it because I feel that rock and a hard place, and the, the mere mention of a 240p video makes my skin crawl, so I, I appreciate what you're saying. So I, I had one more question. You had talked about how YouTube moved from a novelty audience to a loyalty uh, audience. Uh, sorry, loyalty economy was what you had said? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the transition from a novelty economy to a loyalty economy really mirrored the movement from desktop video consumption to mobile video consumption. Uh, YouTube faced a crisis around 2011, yeah. 2012, which is that as people migrated to uh, the majority of their video being consumed on cell phones, uh, there was much less real estate, much less visual real estate uh in the interface of youtube to present a lot of different options and you know allow a person to click on whatever suited their fancy the value of being able to predict what video a person would watch next that would keep them on the platform the longest increased exponentially with cell phones and so that led to the redesign of completely uh, redesigning how youtube worked uh where 
in the era of Chocolate Rain and, uh, you know, Leave Britney Alone and all of these novelty videos that went viral, uh, the content that went viral was basically just kind of like, oh my gosh, that's that's new, that's different. I haven't seen something like that. I can't believe, like, you know, I'm not seeing this on television or in movies or in, in other uh, entertainment media. And, uh, you know, any of the first viral videos on YouTube, like I remember they featured a video about ladybug sex. Uh, because yeah, that was something people hadn't seen before, is you know, uh, uh, on on a mass scale. Uh, the transition to algorithmic curation, meaning artificial intelligence, which pays attention to your behavior and tries to guess what will keep you on the platform the longest, uh, put a very high value on loyalty. So making successful content, viral content, making a lot of money on YouTube. Uh, became less about, hey, how can I create something that's arresting, that's going to get talked about, you know, at uh, on people's lunch breaks at work or in computer lab at, at you know, junior high, uh, but more about how can I get them to keep coming back for as long a period as possible and get them to watch for as long a period as possible. And once the algorithm started paying very close attention to your audience behavior and the behavior you created from the videos you uploaded, that created a whole different era of success on YouTube where first gaming channels, uh, Call of Duty channels or, or some of the first channels to blow up, you know, people who uh, basically talked for hours over playing video games uh, started to blow up in uh, around 2011, 2012 when they did that switch. Uh, and then you started to have these vlogging channels where, you know, you can even trace that to a lot of the Viners who came over and, and got big. So Logan Paul, Jake Paul, et cetera. Uh, daily vlog channels like you know, Shaped Hards, all of these happened after that switch to a uh, loyalty economy. So, and that's something that I personally struggled with. Um, I never really felt that that was my strength, uh, doing that type of do daily documentary content or getting somebody to watch me for 10 minutes, five or six days a week or three days a week or, uh, you know, whatever the algorithm would want. Uh, I feel like I'm someone who's very interesting for about 30 seconds to a minute to a minute and a half. <laughs> and it's easy for me to keep Say, people... we've been talking for 45 know, minutes. But, okay, <laughs> this is a podcast. This is different. But, you know, in terms of YouTube video yeah. content, I never felt able to access a loyal audience. People nibble on me. People like to keep to consume me in bits, you know, YouTube doesn't <laughs> allow or want that type of content to become popular anymore. They want someone who is consuming you like cocaine, like they just can't get enough. They're going to watch a 20 minute video that you upload every single time that you upload it with with bated breath. And they absolutely can't wait to see the next 20 minute video. And I have just never been able to create that relationship with an audience. Uh, I've never been able to do that. I can't help you there, but good luck. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. But on that note, we, uh, we no, gotta I'm, wrap it up. You wait. You have one more question. Say, oh my gosh, we have to wait. I to know go. we do. No, I was gonna say it just, it just sounds like you can't be put into a neat little package, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, that's true. That's in true, terms that's true. of longevity. I, I, I feel yeah, like, I think that's a good yeah, thing. I feel like I am. I'm still looking for a vehicle. Yeah. I feel like I'm. I'm looking for the perfect vehicle, and. Uh, well, you know, maybe that exists and maybe most I'll find of it. us I was go say, through life looking for the right vehicle. All of us left all the artistic kinds life. Of and... vehicles 
feel like with technology every looking year we have looking for the right human vehicle new vehicles so. looking for the right artistic vehicle looking for the right Toyota Habitat Habitat you know, vehicle I'm looking for a good car actually <laughs> yeah Toyota yeah. Corolla 1999 that's yeah, the one yeah, totally yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. And how can people find uh, Chocolate Pains? Search for Chocolate Pains on any major podcast platform. And uh, it should be there. Very, very proud of it. We're Thanks, excited Tay. to check it out. Yeah, it was great speaking with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You know what really struck me in that last answer he gave? Just about how these tech companies are creating the platforms so that they are addictive. The idea is how to take our attention and that, but then there's that movement that's happening, the time well spent movement, which is really like taking off in Silicon Valley and the latest iPhone release has a dashboard that shows you how you spend your time. And apparently the next Android is going to have that as well. And it's like, you can um, set the amount of time you want to spend on different apps. Mm -hmm. So it's just sort of an interesting I don't know. I still I still feel like we're a little bit in the Wild West of all of this shit. We'll continue to be as technology evolves, I guess. We'll, we'll never feel like we're quite up right. to pace. But so it's interesting that YouTube favored a different kind of behavior. And that has affected people's careers and what people mm-hmm. watch and how they use everything. And it's it's a little frightening. It's, it's interesting a little big brother. Me, it's interesting to me that Tay did everything he possibly could to be prepared to be seen when he uh-huh. released that video that it sounds like he crossed his T's, he dotted his eyes. You know, like he, just in case, which is funny because like, case, I wouldn't yeah. even think that it would go viral like, but, as a creator. Like, But then not even being able to, because he was the first person that this happened to, he, there was no way to know what was going to happen. Yeah, so, like when he called himself patient zero, like there's no yeah. one to talk to, right? So even if he prepared himself, it's still, he couldn't, there was no, there was nothing he could have done. I'm into this show idea because when he rattled off the names, so like there good. had never been so-and-so, so-and-so, and all the names were like absurd, right? <laughs> AA meeting and you're, it's all these oh, oh, oh. viral the stars and, and it's yeah. you know yeah scripted obviously it's a sketch comedy but yeah, it's yeah, featuring yeah. all these wonderful stars it's so funny talking about their 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 chocolate pains i think i mean this is yeah, what no, this podcast great. is yeah, but it's it, a funny it's a funny sketch it's a yeah. funny tv show too mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. you heard it here it's ours free idea it's ours no it's not free it's oh, not free sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it also reminds me of how much bigger the internet is than us in certain ways what? and it's something that we no that <laughs> the we the internet's bigger th- no. th- then you can perceive that that then you can perceive and i think you know we saw that obviously with um fake news and the election like everything that's oh, going yeah, no, like every every in uh, so many different aspects of our everyday lives you know in the way that we participate in it that we almost can't control the wave of what happens mm-hmm. when we're all doing things so it just sounds like this was another wave that somebody got or that you can't, we are you can't control what content you see like the, yeah. your, your algorithms and phones are determining what you see on any platform you use and, yeah. and you have no say mm-hmm. or control. yeah well then going back to like Infowars and how it's just like generating alex jones and all this insanity Man, you know, I feel like a lot of these episodes, we just bring them down. We bring them down. <laughs> See, it's interesting that you... It, I loved Tay's parsing of um, novelty economy versus... Yeah, that um, was interesting. Um, loyalty economy. Because yeah. I think about that and I talk about that a lot. I love his framing. I call it essential content of like content you can't live out. Not shit that's like randomly in your feeds, but like if you love Tay's on day and you wait for his next video, you're going to get an alert when his next video... And you're not relying on algorithms. You're just like seeking it out. That's the kind of content that is a real business in 2018. And that's the kind of content that gets, gets me excited. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting that you... He framed YouTube and its algorithms as um, cocaine, uh, and he's not wrong of like, how can we keep people watching the next video? That's all platforms. 
I like YouTube better than all other platforms because YouTube is like, hey, you watched a 12 minute video. We would like to serve you a six minute video and it's related to that other one and you're going to like it. Whereas Facebook's like, here's some random shit and here's yeah. some random shit and here's some fake news and here's a more random. And that is not loyalty. Yeah. That is still novelty. And so I view YouTube as the not loyalty novelty, platform. It's just like fucking shit show. But, like, the, but, the, but the only thing that goes viral on Facebook is novelty, weirdness, uh, fun, like super funny little tiny clips that are just super. It, 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 it's content junk food, whereas there is a yeah. lot of junk on YouTube, but there's also a lot of amazing content on YouTube that you cannot get anywhere else. I don't know. This whole conversation makes me want to take a hike. Yeah. Just literally, just you know, I want to go for a hike. I just need to go for well, a hike. I do have to say, I think it's really awesome uh that tay has held on to this ability to just like question and be open and like see where his career is going and try new things and to be artistic where it's like you could just be the person who did that viral thing you know that one thing but he's still very clearly exploring and like places a lot of value on that and i think you know as patient zero or whatever of this whole thing (laughs) he's a really great person to look up to so yeah i i don't know well adjusted given how severe that uh, acceleration was it would that would ruin most people and tay has come out of it i think i think think so i thought that's where the conversation was gonna go him talking about some of those effects Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. we didn't really get to but do you think it ruins people i just think it must be hard because you're trying to recreate this like kind of impossible thing yes i think it ruins you artistically and it and it might ruin you socially uh, how can i just judge justin bieber but like bieber was an example of like he was an adolescent and became the most famous person in the universe that fucks you up and then he but that's became different. A i think up that's person. like a child star phenomenon which has always been true yes for sure we didn't ask tay how old he was but like if you look back at those videos like he is a young gentleman uh, no, he was in college he's our age Okay, so yeah. he was in college at the Wikipedia. time, which, like, you know, is not a child, but also, like, as Tay said himself, you don't know who you are when you're well, 23 yeah. or I, whatever. I think it's a question of identity and, like, people right. telling you who they think you are. And yeah. if you accept that, I don't want to say it ruins you, but it can really, that can cause a lot of issues Mess for people. Yeah. Well, that's what he didn't do. He was saying, he sa- he's saying he wish he had. He wish he'd accepted the Tay's on day that everyone was hooked on, mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to make it himself. So... But I think it's kind of beautiful that yeah, he's making it as himself. Up, that's all. That's that all I'm saying. Amen. Amen. Yeah, right, and guys. I think it's just like you know, we all. I talk about this a lot with my friends, where it's like, when when do things get settled and figured out? And I think I don't know that they ever. Well, maybe you feel differently because you have like a normal job and a family. Yeah. But I feel like when do things get like settled? When do you know the term self actual? <laughs> Tay used the term self actualized, and that is a very that sums it up for me. Of like, I life is never certain, and you have different phases of life. So we had kids, and life got crazy, and so that was a whole. You like you're always learning things, but I feel confident that I know who I am. I know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And I know that even if I'm not making podcasts and videos in 10 years, I still want to be making something for the internet. I know that sh- for sure about myself. I think I'm, a, I'm kind of lucky in that yeah, I don't, most people I don't most people know what no they want. Idea. So I, I, I acknowledge that I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I know who I am. And I'm, I'm happy about that, even though it's still hard to make stuff and be a parent and live life. Like, but self-actualization is a, is a moment that is really important for people and some people get it and some people might go their whole lives and never get it and that's terrifying. What do you think, Jen? I think most people never really figure it. I don't know. My friends are always like, 
what do I want to do? What yeah. do I do next? Like, I don't know. I feel like most people don't really figure it out. This is a super I think, cheesy I think answer. But um, <laughs> I mean, they say the only thing constant in life is change. And like, that sure. you don't, like Matt said, it's so uncertain. You never know what's going to happen. And I think the more you can get comfortable with, like, I think you have to get comfortable with that first. And then, then, then you start to kind of, I don't know. I, cause you know, I'm very comfortable with, I don't know a lot of times. And you know, I don't which know is, what I want to do, who like, I want to be, that sort of thing. To but be I, comfortable with, I don't know, is a huge self-actualized thing. I yeah. think I, most people are terrified of that. To be comfortable with that is freaking amazing. I think. And even not knowing who you are, cause that can also change. So, <laughs> well, and what you're good at can change too. But yes. I mean, but then it's like at the same time, you have to have absolute confidence and courage in what you're doing. You have to believe in it. You have to be like, right. I don't know if this is what's the best thing, but I'm going to go make this podcast i'm gonna put my heart into it and that's in then we'll see but think and about that all feels really good but it's tension yeah, yeah. and, yeah. and then the, the other thing that is a little terrifying to me is two two avenues one is you never self-actualize and that's really sad and, and mm-hmm. terrible the other one is like you self-actualize you know who you are you become good at something then the world changes so like mm-hmm. say like we are the best podcasters in the history of podcasting <laughs> mm-hmm. and then 10 years from now virtual reality podcast where you sit in a room with the host and oh, it's like yeah, that's gonna i don't know how to make yeah. that shit well uh, i'm just doing audio here yeah. i'm stupid you know when you become middle-aged and the and the world changes yeah. under your feet that's right. that fucks a lot of people up and i yeah. that is worrisome yeah, yeah. We, we think yeah. about that my wife and i talk about that of like Always pay attention to technology, industry, where is it going? What are we doing? Learn new skills when you can. Right. Yeah. Very important. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. All right, y'all. All well, right. we got to get out of here, but it's been a pleasure. Um, so tweet at us at whatever you would like to. We'd love to hear from you at Junebugger, J-O-O-N-B-U-G-G-E-R. I'm at Allie Gold, A-L-L-I-G-O-L-D. And you can email us. We might read your email if we love it. Um, you mean on the air. We'll read it in general. Oh, yeah, we will read it. Sorry, <laughs> on the air. I meant on the air. Um, 2G1podcast at gmail.com. You can call us, leave us a voice moment. We might play that on the air, not just in our personal time. Um, and that phone number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6548. then what else can they do? You can join our Discord server. That's a lovely place to be. That's discord.gg slash 2G1P. There's a lively conversation happening if there. If you've never been on Discord, it's a chat room. It's fun. It's super fun. And uh, Tay said that he will join us in the chat room when this episode goes live. Oh gosh, that's, that's fun. So if you'd like to chat with Tay Zunday on Discord, pop in to our, to our room. Oh, that's cool. Discord.gg slash 2G1P. And you can also contribute to our Patreon, patreon.com slash 2G1P. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs> with hot chicks as recently as just now.